Welcome to the King's Word Bible Study. I'm your host, Brother Vinnie Fitzgerald, and today we're going to delve into the Bible to bring you insight from God's Word that will help you to grow and to develop into spiritual maturity. These lessons are designed to help guide you and strengthen you in your relationship with the Lord. Whether you've never opened the Bible or have read it cover to cover, this podcast will inform and uplift you. Our purpose is not only for you to know and to understand the King's Word, but for you to live it out in your day-to-day life. Philippians 4 and 9 tells us, Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Today, our topic is going to be contentment. Let's begin in Philippians chapter 4. In Philippians chapter 4, beginning in the fourth verse, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, Rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which ye have both learned, and received, and heard, and seen in me, do, and the God of peace shall be with you. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein you were also careful, but ye lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Now in verse 11, we find the important phrase, For I have learned in whatsoever state I am in therewith to be content. This is an important lesson that Christians need to learn today. We as the people of God need to be content. The world around us is anything but content. They're anxious and nervous and depressed and emotionally drained by all the fast-paced changes taking place all around us. These constantly changing emotions never lead to stability. They leave people unstable, which causes these emotions to grow worse over time. We all know people who are confused and perplexed, and they need contentment. We also find this to be the case in the church. Many Christians are not content. They may be happy from time to time. They may even have the gift of joy operating in their life. But are they content? We need to ask ourselves the same question. Are we content? We need to learn the same lesson that Paul learned. We need to learn the secret of contentment. In order to do this, we need to take a closer look at what exactly it means to be content. Content is defined as a noun, meaning rest or quietness of mind in the present condition, satisfaction which holds the mind in peace, restraining complaint, opposition, or fervor desire, and often implying a moderate degree of happiness. We find through this definition that contentment is different than happiness and joy. It's a combination of four different elements, and those are rest, satisfaction, peace, and happiness. They all go together. 
and they should all be operating in our lives. There's an old Christian poem that says, A wise content his even soul secured, by want not shaken, nor by wealth allured. True contentment is not here today and gone tomorrow. It's within us at all times. Contentment is spiritual. It is God-given. It won't be found in the natural. The fallen, sinful state of the world makes life unstable. The world is unable to offer you contentment, which is why it is purely spiritual. Happiness is based on external conditions. Things must be going well in some way or form in order for people to be happy. Contentment, on the other hand, is not subjected to the environment around it. It stays constant, whether things are outwardly good or outwardly bad. Contentment allows you to have an inner rest, an inner satisfaction, an inner peace, and an inner happiness. When you are content within, you can't be shaken. The storms of life may come, and they may rage for a season, but if we have contentment, we will come out with joy and all the other elements of contentment on the other side. No matter what state of life we find ourselves in, whether a state of trials and brokenness or a state of abundance and peace, contentment will be present with us through it all. When we refer to contentment, it almost always is understood in conjunction with happiness. They are thought to be interchangeable. Happiness is part of contentment. That is one aspect of it. But there is also another aspect of it that we must consider. If we look at the Greek used in Philippians 4.11, we get a deeper insight into what exactly contentment is and what it means. The Greek word used for content is autarkis, which is an adjective meaning self-sufficient, contented, satisfied, independent. Strong's Concordance goes on further to say, it means self-sufficient, content in the sense of being satisfied because living in God's content and his fullness. This inward sufficiency is as valid in low times of suffering as in high times of temporal prosperity. This word, meaning sufficiency within, occurs only in Philippians 4 and 11, where it refers to positive self-sufficiency and inward adequacy that comes from the indwelling power of Christ. This word, atarkes, is formed by conjoining two words, autos, meaning self, and archon, meaning sufficiency, which when conjoined together, mean a self-sufficiency that is entirely God-produced. This is not a self-sufficiency in the way that the world tends to understand it. It doesn't mean being able to live alone and pay the bills without someone else's support, or to conduct life without the aid of others. It doesn't mean independence from others and independence from God. That's the natural, worldly interpretation of it. We need to look at it from the spiritual perspective. We need to be dependent on God, not independent from Him. The more we rely on Him for what we need, the less we need to rely on others and on ourselves. Spiritual self-sufficiency means that our faith is our own, that we're not relying on someone else to have faith for us, or get us to heaven without any personal faith of our own. It also means that we are able to stand alone in our faith. If we are able to keep the faith, no matter if there are no other Christians around us, or no other Christians in our family, if we are able to keep the faith when there is no one around to encourage us or teach us, we are then self-sufficient Christians. These Christians are always the ones that keep the faith to the very end, 
without wavering. They are able to fight the good fight of faith because they've been through the valley. They've been at the place where there's no one left to rely on but God. A self-sufficient Christian studies the word of God for himself and has his own working knowledge of it. He's able to hear and discern God's voice for himself. He prays and puts forth the effort of seeking and serving God. This is an autonomy rooted in God, the God within us. Many people in the world today think that autonomy is what they've been looking for, but they're looking for the wrong type of autonomy. In the summer of 2020 in the United States, rioters in Seattle, Washington, set up what they called an autonomous zone. In this zone was anarchy, lawlessness, murder, looting, and destruction. And as crazy and foolish as it was, many people there were looking for freedom to come from autonomy. But their autonomy was one without God, and it devolved into chaos and destruction. We will never have true freedom without dependence on God. This is necessary. When we are truly dependent on God and rely on Him, it gives us an autonomy that is rooted in Him, one that is free from the bondage that the world tries to put us under. When our autonomy is rooted in God, it is an autonomy with the indwelling power of Christ and the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit. When we have this, we are able to go it alone in our walk of faith because there are many times in life when we will be alone. The road to life is narrow, and not many travel that way. There are times we won't find any of our fellow travelers anywhere around. These times won't be enjoyable, they won't be pleasant, but they will come. We need to be ready and willing to keep the faith, even when we find ourselves all alone. We need to become comfortable being uncomfortable, otherwise we'll fold under the pressure when things start to go wrong and there won't be anyone else around whose faith we can use as a crutch for our own. When we are fully autonomous in this way, it doesn't mean that we are fully in control the way that autonomy is conventionally understood. It means that we're fully submitted to the God within us, who is himself in full control of everything, who leads us and guides us in the way that we should go by his Holy Spirit within us. Our autonomy is not based on control, it's based on relinquishing control. Our truest freedom is found in letting go and giving everything to God. Our self-sufficiency is not of the self, but of the God within the self. This is crucial to understanding contentment. Similar to our autonomy and self-sufficiency, our contentment is not found in ourselves. It's found in the God within us. Understanding contentment from the aspect of happiness as it is normally understood, and from the aspect of God-produced self-sufficiency, gives us a much deeper insight into what Paul was really saying in Philippians 4 and 11. He was saying that he had an inner happiness that came from the God within him, and the world could never steal it. He was also saying that he had a God-produced self-sufficiency within him. He was able to go it alone when he had to, and no matter what was going on in his life, he was able to give everything to God and to go forward in faith. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, beginning in the 24th verse, it says, Of the Jews five times received I forty stripes save one. Thrice was I beaten with rods, once was I stoned, thrice I suffered shipwreck, a night and a day I have been in the deep, in journeyings often, in perils of water, 
and perils of robbers, and perils by my own countrymen, and perils by the heathen, and perils in the city, and perils in the wilderness, and perils in the sea, and perils among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness, besides those things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. The evidence of Paul's inner contentment is present all throughout his writings. He went through things that would break the spirit of other men. But he not only made it through each trial that the enemy threw his way, he made it out better and wiser and stronger because of them. He didn't waver or lose his faith because he was content in whatever state that he was in. He learned to be content, and it made a great difference in his life. We need the same contentment in our lives. Paul wasn't some superhuman. Whatever he had is also available to us today because we serve the same God. The same contentment that he learned is the same that we need to learn today. We must then ask ourselves the question, how do we become content? Philippians 4 and 11 said, Not that I speak in respect of one, for I have learned, in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. When it comes to finding out how we get contentment, the key phrase is, for I have learned. We need to take a closer look at the word learned. The Greek word used for learned is mafano. It means to learn to be so, to ascertain. It has the same root as mafetes, which means a disciple. For mafano, meaning learned, Strong's Concordance goes on further to say, it means learning key facts, gaining fact knowledge, as someone learns from experience, often with the implication of reflection. It also means to come to realize. Similar to contentment, there are two different aspects of learning to be content. There is the aspect of learning through experience and the aspect of coming to realize. They are both necessary. We need to learn to be content through experience. As we go further and further in our walk of faith, we will begin to see that all things work together for our good, and that God is really in control. Once we see this firsthand, once we see that we can go it alone and still keep the faith, it will be easier for us to do it in the future. When we give everything to God, we will see that He will take control and work things out in a greater way than we could ever expect. Once we see and observe all these things happening in our lives, we find them to be true. And this understanding in our lives becomes fact knowledge. And once we've experienced something, we know about it, we understand it, and we learn how things work. Once we give God full control, and we see that He works all things together for our good, and continually guides us by His Spirit, we will have contentment. We will have an inner rest, an inner satisfaction, inner peace, and inner happiness, because we've been through different experiences and we found that God has always been with us through it all. When we truly understand that God will never leave us or forsake us, we're freed from having to be anxious and nervous and depressed. We'll be able to be content in whatever state we're in. Hebrews 13 and 5 in the English Standard Version says, Keep your life free from love of money, and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. The second aspect that we need to look at is come to realize. True contentment is not so much acquired 
as it is realized. We need to come to a realization of the God within us. Our contentment is found in God. It has no other source. When we realize that the same God who raised Christ from the dead, the same God who made the blind to see and the deaf to hear and the lame to walk, the same God who has all power in heaven and in earth is living right now within us, we will have contentment within us. Our rest, satisfaction, peace, and happiness need to be found in God. Our self-sufficiency and our autonomy, likewise, need to be found in God. We find these things within because they come from the God within. It's not just enough to say that we have God within us. We need to ask ourselves, do we realize the God living within us and the power of God residing in us? This will make all the difference. We need to realize that we will never find contentment in life unless we find it in God. When we realize this and combine it with our knowledge of God through experiences, we will be content no matter what's going on around us, and the enemy will never be able to steal our contentment. The mistake that many make, both Christians and those in the world, is that they are looking for contentment in the wrong places, and they in turn never find it. People look for joy in a bottle, or happiness in friends or in relationships, thinking that these things will provide the contentment that they are looking for, but these things never suffice. People are subject to their fallen human nature, and because of this, others will let you down, and we will let ourselves down at certain points. We can't look for our contentment to come from ourselves or any other person. We will never find it that way. It's not going to come outwardly. It's only found inwardly. It's found in the God within us who dwells within our spirit. We always find contentment within. And we already have contentment within us because we have God within us. We just need to realize it and then experience it. Paul found his contentment in the God within him. That's why he was able to say in 2 Corinthians 12 and 10 in the ESV, For the sake of Christ, then I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, and persecutions and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Finding our contentment in God is the secret of contentment. If we have contentment operating in our lives, we will be blessed because of it. It will produce great gain in our lives if we embrace it. Let's make the choice today to learn to be content in whatever state that we're in. Let's close in prayer. Lord, we thank you for this day, Lord. And we thank you that you brought us all together on this show today. And Lord, we thank you for contentment. We thank you for the rest and the satisfaction and the peace and the happiness that's available to us if we only look to you. Lord, help us to not look outwardly, not to look to others or ourselves or things around us to try to find contentment. Help us to unlock that secret that you have given us, that our contentment is only found in you. Lord, we thank you that it is your will that we can be content in whatever state we're in, that we don't have to be nervous and anxious or depressed or cast down. Lord, you never seek to cast us down, but to lift us up. And Lord, we thank you that that is your will for this day. And Lord, we thank you for who you are and that we can find everything that we look for and need in this life in you. And Lord, we give you all the honor, all the praise, and all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you want to learn true contentment and have Jesus as a part of your life today, all you need to do is to invite Jesus into your heart to be your personal Lord and Savior. 
you then need to repent of your sins and ask for his forgiveness. Then you trust that you've been forgiven and you ask for his free gift of eternal life. If you've prayed this from a sincere heart and you truly meant it, then you are now a part of the family of God. Welcome to God's family. We want to thank everybody for listening today. We appreciate you taking out your time to spend with us. If you'd like to give us feedback and tell us how much you appreciate this show, you can contact us at kingswordbiblestudy at gmail.com. And if you'd like to learn more about this program and this ministry, you can visit kingswordbible.com. We appreciate also if you write a review from wherever you're listening to this podcast from, and if you follow and subscribe so that more people can hear the King's Word for themselves. God bless you. We want you to know that we love you all. And we will see you next week as we continue to study the King's Word together.